No Bull. Powered by Earnhardt Auto Centers. For a premier destination near you, head to nobull.com. Here's Chris, Crespin, and Simone. And welcome in to a Wednesday edition of Noble with Chris, Crespin, and Simone. Minus the Jordan Simone, just Chris Schubert and Sean Crespin with you here on a Wednesday. And Sean, I almost didn't make it to today's show because I look to my right, I look out the two windows there, and it's snowing outside. It was almost unsafe to go outside today because I didn't know what snow had looked like. I've lived in Arizona for the last eight years. I had to call my parents today, and I asked them, hey, what is this What is this stuff falling from the sky that isn't rain? And then they had to inform me it was snow. It is coming down like a blizzard outside. Right the good now. news is you didn't have to leave your house to do the program. So here you are. You made it. You made it from the uh, the bedroom to the office yep. to uh, turn on the computer. Yeah, your yep. commute. Well, your commute wasn't affected by the snow, which is nice. From the bedroom to the office, so we're good. I think we're going to be okay. Uh, it's actually kind of chilly here today, back home uh, here in Arizona. Matter of fact, it was when, we, when you and I got jumped on our prep call this morning around eight o'clock local time. It was thirty-four degrees here in Gilbert, so it was chilly today. Fifty-two Ooh. right now. Yeah, a chilly. So a little, a little chilly. <laughs> fifty-two. Uh, yeah, not, not fifty-two here today, Sean. Still, not fifty-two here. Still today. chilly. I've got my you know my little winter winter sweater on right now, so it's it's chilly out here, Chris. I don't want to hear about your snow and your whining. Well, What's you know it's cold here too. Okay, that is your weather-related update here on the top of the show. <laughs> Why don't we give you a sports-related update and tell you what is in the lead on the Wednesday edition of the show? This is the one they're talking about. Sean, I, I think if you just read the headlines for the story I'm about to read to you, this would come as a surprise. But when you look at the reasoning behind it, I think it makes sense a little bit. An NFL memo that was uh, sent to clubs on Tuesday, according to ESPN and multiple other outlets, the NFL is going to prohibit mandatory local bubbles during the postseason. And you may think, well, wait a minute. The NHL did a bubble for their postseason, worked pretty well. The NBA did a bubble for their postseason, it worked pretty well. Major League Baseball had kind of a hybrid bubble for their postseason, it worked. Why wouldn't the NFL, a team that has the most resources out of any of these four major sports, do a bubble well? They had a bunch of different meetings and, and, and Zoom calls and went over different protocols. And they think that the protocols that they put in place a couple of weeks ago that limited those in-person meetings required a higher level of mask usage. And they felt that these existing protocols were a safer choice. And then add to it, bigger rosters in the National Football League. They were concerned that if an infection did penetrate this bubble, that they would have a big problem on their hands. Sean, I'm normally critical of the National Football League. I've been critical of them at times this year. Reading through this story, reading through the thought process, I don't think they're far off with how they feel about doing bubbles here in the postseason. No, and I agree with them, right? Like, you saw it, you've seen it when it gets into one locker room. Like, in the NFL's case, just look at the Ravens. In, the, in college football here locally, uh, look, at, look at ASU. They didn't have a single positive test from the restart all the way up through the first football game. It took one trip to... Uh, to, to play USC on the road, came back, and it just spread like wire, wildfire through the locker room. So, yeah, if you were to bubble and you did have some kind of an outbreak, you're, you're probably looking at something that, that is derailing the postseason completely. So, listen, the NFL hasn't lost a football game yet this year. You tip your cap to them. But they do have, in the regular season, the ability to move a Thursday to a Sunday or heck, a Thursday to a Sunday to a Tuesday to a Wednesday, as we saw with the Steelers and Ravens at one point. <laughs> That all goes away in the playoffs, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they do if they have an issue in the postseason. And I'm assuming they already have contingency plans in place. Roger Goodell in the office actually created a task force before the year started 
whose only job is to look ahead and come up with contingency plans in the what-ifs. So I'm, assu I'm assuming they have one in place, but it'll be interesting to see what that plan is because there is no wiggle room once you get to the postseason. So you try to figure out which plan you feel is the safest. You would hope that when a team is in the playoffs and they have everything that's on the line with being in the postseason in the NFL, that they would do their own due diligence and just be careful and as safe as possible. So we'll see. But I'm not surprised by this. It's a completely different animal. You can't compare it to the NBA. You can't compare it to Major League Baseball. The roster sizes and the people involved are just, it's such its such a larger operation. So if the NFL feels this is the best way to go about it, I, I mean, I, I, I agree with most of the things they put in this memo. Um, so be it. They'll roll, they'll roll the dice and see if they're able to get through their postseason. I think the most important thing about this is that, listen, this is the plan that they're going to go with, and that's fine. But to give themselves the ability to to pivot from that plan if need be. Don't lock themselves into a philosophy, into, into a plan, because as we've seen throughout the season, they've had to navigate some twists and turns, and their protocol allowed them to do that. Hopefully they will continue to have that thought process for the postseason. Last night, Sean, we got the latest college football playoff rankings, the top five remain the same. It's Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State, Texas A&M, one through five. The question mark was going to be who would take that sixth spot after Florida's loss to LSU at home? The answer, Iowa State. They move up one spot to take the sixth spot, and Florida only drops one spot to seven. That is the top seven. That is probably what's generating the most headlines as we head into Sean, Conference Championship Week that we'll see the likes of Ohio State in action. We'll see Iowa State play um, Oklahoma. And then we have that game between Alabama and Florida as well. So a big week. The last college football playoff rankings will be released on Sunday. We will know who the final four are. This is how it stands heading into Conference Championship Weekend. Yeah, and, and I know a lot of people have some heartburn, mostly with you know the Florida you know, drop of one one position after losing to a to a, a, a not great LSU team at all. Cincinnati falling uh, nearly out of the top ten, down to nine. Um, so I, I know those are a lot of the talking points. But if we sit here and we truly ask ourselves, who are the top four teams in college football? For me, it's Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Ohio State. If we if we truly are asking who are the top four teams, the best football teams, those are the four. So I don't have a lot of issues with the four, but I do understand some of the complaints below that where you've got some teams moving, other teams falling, and it's just an odd year, man. When you don't have the normal resume, you don't have the 10 to 13 games that these, these teams usually would have. Instead, with some teams, you're talking about five, seven it's, just, it's difficult. It's different. You know, eight for Cincinnati, undefeated, but eight. Uh, and then I know you'll jump right to, well, what about Ohio State, undefeated, but five. Uh, it's, it's an odd situation for the committee this year. There's, there's no way they're going to satisfy everybody. But if I had to ask myself, are the best four football teams one through four right now, I would have to say yes. Uh, I mean, we've gone down this road before. I will spare everybody me yelling at you for 15 minutes about this. <laughs> um, but I think what it boils down to is a point that I will continue to make, right, is that the playoff committee since its inception every year has gotten things wrong. There are things that are, are clearly 
in my opinion, things that are just that just don't make sense. There, there's inconsistencies in their logic. There's inconsistencies in their application of their own logic. And this year is no different. If this was the first year we were having these conversations, I would give them the pass of, look, it's a weird year. People are making schedules on the fly. Like, let's let's cut them some flack. This is just par for the course. This is just another year and another example of the committee kind of being all over the place. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna throw a fit. I'll, I'll save it for another time. I'll save it for another issue, Sean. So I'll spare you uh, that here on a Wednesday. Even though I am upset that Cincinnati has fallen, that's the new mantle that I've taken up. It's not BYU anymore. It's Cincinnati's fall uh, for no for no fault of their own. They're just not playing and they're falling while other teams that aren't playing. Just continue to stay at spots. Checks notes number four in the country. Yes, they, yeah, their teams and are I, staying there. And, they're and not the playing. one point I will make, though, if you're going to say that, the one point I will make is, yes, Cincinnati fell while not playing, and everybody thinks they're being punished. But I look at it from the other side of the coin here. And the other side of the coin can be that Iowa State is being rewarded for their play, that Georgia is being rewarded for their play so we can't just freeze it well hey cincinnati's not playing we have to freeze everybody below them nobody can jump them because it wouldn't be fair no other teams also need to be rewarded for their play therefore iowa state georgia should be you want to talk about florida maybe you could have dropped them down farther okay whatever that's a different story because florida was already ahead of cincinnati but i can't i can't sit here and say you know cincinnati's being punished for not playing no, there's another side to that coin. Iowa State and Georgia being rewarded for the play that they did have. You know, it could you could look at it from either side. And I know everybody's fixated on Cincinnati and, oh, they're being punished. Well, what about the, we're not supposed to reward Iowa State? We're not supposed to reward Georgia? We just have to freeze everybody where they're at until until Cincinnati can play again? I, I just don't see how that's, I, I don't see how that's relevant. Hmm. Certainly looks like they froze that number four spot while Ohio State couldn't play this week. Okay, moving on to the next thing in the lead as I get my parting shot there in on that conversation. We haven't gotten to talk about this on this show, on this show Sean, mm-hmm. but Giannis signs his Supermax contract with the Milwaukee Bucks. Certainly, I think it was hopeful in Milwaukee that he was going to sign. There were certainly discussions. It wasn't that he was completely writing off the idea of staying in Milwaukee. But until the name gets signed on the dotted line, your mind wanders to where could Giannis go? Could he go to Golden State? Could the Knicks make a play? Could he go out west? What could happen? Well, those questions are over at this point. He signed that five-year Supermax contract. And, Sean, I'll spit it here locally. You're a Phoenix Suns fan. And you want Devin Booker to stay here in the long haul, score Giannis staying in Milwaukee as a win for this quote unquote small market teams. That's a that is a that is a check mark. Yeah, no, definitely. And listen, I think this is just another example of the times that we live in now. To create your brand, you no longer have to be in the major markets, right? You don't have to be in the LA's, New York's, Chicago's, go go down the list. You don't have to be in those major markets to create your brand anymore. I mean, Schubert, when I was a kid. You know, out here in the West, you saw a lot of Western Conference basketball. You saw whoever came through and played the Suns. You would see each Eastern Conference team twice if, if they if 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 both games were on television because not every game was televised back then. So you wouldn't get an opportunity to see everybody all the time, dude. If I'm a star player in the NBA, I'm out front of every basketball fan on the social media networks. You know, the highlight reels you see on Instagram and Twitter and so forth. You know, I can be viewed and seen 
at all times. I don't have to be in the major markets. And I think this is just another example of that with Giannis staying in a small market team in Milwaukee. Uh, and you're not wrong. If you're if you're a, a fan of a basketball team and what's deemed to be a smaller market uh, or financially a smaller market, this is good news that you're seeing somebody stay home and not go down the road of the of the more um, recent basketball trend of creating super teams in large markets. It's it's this is good news. It's good news for all the mid tier markets. Best best obviously for Milwaukee, but it's good news for any mid tier team that's trying to hang on to a superstar. We finish. In the lead with 60 seconds of baseball. Oh, you got Sean. some. And once again, for the second time this week, because you guys have put me in this box that I uh-huh. only have 60 seconds to talk about baseball, uh-huh. I'm not going to be able to talk about the story that I want to talk about long enough. So I just want you to know that off the top that you that there's a, there's a conspiracy against me to not be able to talk about the topics I want to talk about baseball-wise longer than I'd like to. Now, today, a fantastic piece of news as Major League Baseball Listen, this is something that should have been done a long time ago. Uh, this is something that was a travesty in the first place that this wasn't a thing. But MLB righted a wrong this morning when they released a statement from the commissioner, Rob Manfred, that they have designated the Negro Leagues as major leagues. So that period from 1920 to 1948 is going to stand in history with major league status. So all the stats that guys have accumulated during the times in those leagues in a dark time in, in our world and in baseball uh, they will now be recognized. They are on the same level as Major League Baseball. And, and, and Rob Manfred called it correcting a longtime oversight in the game's history. Uh, so they are going to do that. And now future generations. I'm going overtime. I don't even care. Yeah, if forget it. Keep going. Want, um, that that MLB is going to ensure that future generations can remember uh, the approximately 3,400 3, players of the Negro Leagues during this time period as major league caliber players. And he added that, accordingly, the statistics and records of these players will become a part of major league baseball history. So this was a travesty in the first place that this wasn't a thing. But Major League Baseball did correct a long-standing wrong today, uh, so I did want to make a mention to that. As now some some history books are going to be updated. MLB has said that they're working with the Elias Sports uh, Bureau to work on getting those stats updated. So uh, correcting a wrong, it was a travesty in the first place. But good to see Major League Baseball uh, writing that wrong today. So there gave you have you, it. Gave, you some, gave you some baseball. bonus sixty Thank seconds. You. That's just twice. You. I think you're getting strategic with your your topic discussions because earlier yeah. in the week. You also brought a topic to the you know to the table for sixty seconds of baseball, where I was like, okay, that that warrants a lot more than sixty seconds. I think it was the uh, the Cleveland team name change, and then this one as well. So yeah. I see what I see what you're doing. You're bringing topics that I'll, I'll, definitely... I will politic my way to more time. Absolutely, <laughs> buddy. No, don't uh, you worry. Well played about sir. that. So that is, well played. That is what is in the lead on the program today. But coming up next, it was a more balanced approach for the Arizona Cardinals on offense. And it was a sign of things that could potentially lead to their success in the future. We'll get into it next here on No Bowl with Chris Crespin and Simone. But first, let me tell you about our friends over at Earnhardt Auto Centers, locally owned and operated since 1951, a proud partner of No Bowl with Chris Crespin and Simone, 19 Arizona locations. You hear us tell you about the 21 different dealerships, the 17 different brands, and it doesn't matter where in the valley you're located, north, south, east, or west. They've got you covered. Earnhardt Auto Centers has that new vehicle that you've had your eye on. And with the current times of social distancing, no Bull Express option. If you haven't checked
checked it out yet, what are you waiting for? Noble.com is the website to go to. Noble.com. Check out the middle of the page right towards the top there on the header. You'll see the Noble Express option. Makes the entire buying process an absolute breeze from the comfort of your own home, from test driving a vehicle that's delivered right to your door. The financial application can be done right there online as well. They're going to deliver the ride to you. Your final purchase is done. They bring your car, your finally purchased ride right to your front door as well. It's the uh, it's the Earnhardt experience, the commitment of world-class service and prices that can't be beat. The Earnhardt name is one you know you can trust. 69-year commitment from their family to yours. Earnhardt Auto Centers and Noble.com. That ain't no bull. I felt like we stayed on schedule for the most part, which definitely helps um, in that regard. I'm not sure if we had a, a sack on first down, which is a, a huge plus and for the most part limited our penalties, but... Um, I felt like our guys executed. That's a tough front. And, uh, you know, some of those runs weren't really popping early, but our guys continued to battle and kept us on schedule late in the game. There was a commitment, Sean, to a balanced approach on offense, both running and throwing the football, not being so one-dimensional as we've seen from the Arizona Cardinals maybe during their recent struggles. And it's something that has been a discussion point on this show, staying ahead of the chains, putting yourself in position so that the defense doesn't know that this is absolutely 1,000% a throwing situation. Allow you to be creative in your offensive game plan. And when you look at the final numbers, Sean, and when we did this this morning in prep, we took out Kyler Murray runs because some of those aren't necessarily designed runs. They're scramble plays, and you have, you have to go through play-by-play to break those out. Between Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds, the team had 30 runs on the ground. Kyler Murray threw the ball 35 times. That's the balanced approach that this football team needs if they're going to be successful moving forward. It's the balanced approach that every football team needs. It, you know, and a lot of things lead to that, right? They had an early they had an early lead. They were trying to maintain it, you know, slow the game down, and they were able to do that. Uh, you know, so helping jumping out to the early lead definitely helped. But yeah, that's the balance that every team is looking for. But I'll tell you this though, there was a, I think two weeks ago, no, last week against the Rams on our show, I kept bringing up the fact that the Arizona Cardinals had a lot of third and longs. They constantly were behind the sticks, you know, and it's impossible to find an offensive rhythm when that's the case. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that. They only ran the ball 16 times against the Rams. Called runs 16 times against the Rams. So if you're if you're, you know, incomplete pass on first down, incomplete pass on second down, or you maybe you run it on one of those two downs and then you get away from it on the next one, uh, and you're putting yourself in third and long, you're going to struggle to to have any kind of rhythm offensively because uh, you're not moving the sticks. You know, against the Rams, they had they were four of twelve on third down. But listen to some of these lengths: third and nine, third and fourteen, third and ten, third and ten, third and twelve, third and ten, third and six, third and seven, third and nine. You know, you had you had eight of your twelve third down opportunities in what would be classified as third and long. You know, against the Giants, I see a third and one, I see a third and three, I see a third and five, a third and one, third and one, third and three, third and three, third and two. Now, they, to be fair, they did have a handful of third and longs as well, but they were ahead of the sticks, and that's what Cliff means in that clip we just played for you when he says we stayed on script, we stayed on schedule, we were ahead of the sticks. Uh, and, and a lot of that comes with just having balance, you know, and, and, and sticking with it. You heard him say early in that clip we played coming back as well, that early in the football game, a lot of those runs weren't popping, but the guys fought through it. The guys stuck to it. A lot of that has to do with play calling as well, right? 
Uh, and, he, and he's not wrong. Kenyon Drake had 80 yards on the ground. He carried the ball 23 times, and he had 80 yards. But 36 of those yards came on one play, Chris, which means 40. he, he had 44 yards total on the other 22 carries that he had. So he's averaging two yards per carry outside of the 36-yard pop. Yet they stuck with it. That is the commitment that this, this, this team is going to have to have if they want to have success offensively and stay ahead of the sticks, stay on schedule, as Cliff put it there, uh, and continue to have some kind of a rhythm. That's the balance that every team shoots for. It's not always attainable, but that's the balance every team shoots for, and that's why the Arizona Cardinals were able to get up early and maintain that lead throughout the football game. And I'll add to that, Sean, and this is a point that Jordan brings up all the time when we talk about the Cardinals, is that it's still year two, right? Expectations, yes, they changed during the season, but overall expectations at the beginning of the year were to be a competitive football team and to continue your progression in year two of Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. Well, you want to know the best way to continue that progression for Kyler Murray as a quarterback in the National Football League? Put him in positions to succeed. And you know how you do that, Sean? You establish the running game. You run the football, allowing him to make those easy throws early in the game to get into rhythm. Because, Sean, I know we had that little kind of flirtatious period with Kyler Murray as an MVP candidate, but I think we all recognize he's still learning a ton about this offense, about the National Football League, about himself as a quarterback because it's only year two. The best way to continue to that to continue that growth is get him into positions to succeed, get him started in games early, have him be successful early, get some quick throws for him, establish a running game, have sustained drives, build his confidence. Every week that you can continue to do that and put that type of stuff on tape, it's only going to make him better in the long run. And I think the Giants game is a perfect example of that, is that you're able to have that early success. Listen, is every game going to go that way? No, but when you have a young quarterback that is still learning, you need games like this. You need to have that balanced approach. Yeah, you do. I mean, there's two things that will always help a young quarterback. And, and you're right, Chris. I think at times we lose sight that Kyler Murray has played, what uh, What have we played now, 13 games this year? So has he played 29 games in his career? So we, we, we lose sight of that, right, that he's 29 games in the NFL. He didn't play a lot of college football either. I mean, this is a young quarterback, so I think we lose sight of that. But there's two things that will always help a young quarterback a solid running game, and a quality defense. And at times this year, the Cardinals have had both, but they haven't had it you know, week in and week out. It hasn't been a consistent thing. But you saw a defense that got after the quarterback, I mean, at, at record, <laughs> record rates this past week against the Giants, and you saw a team that was able to stick with and have a commitment to running the football. If you have those two things, a young quarterback is going to have success. Just look at the past. You know, look, look at Big Ben. You know, in his early years, it was running game and the incredible defense uh, with Seattle and Russell Wilson. If you want to bring it locally to the to the division, Seattle had Marshawn Lynch and the Legion of Boom, and he had a lot of success as a young quarterback. You can go down the list and just keep looking. Running game and defense is always going to help a young quarterback, uh, and and that was definitely the case this past week for for Kyler Murray, the Arizona Cardinals offense, and 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 the and the Cardinals getting the twenty six to seven win. Sean, you mentioned the ability to get after the quarterback. I don't want to put you on the spot if mm -hmm. you have the audio clip from Cliff talking about this, but it is it has been impressive what this team has been able to do. We talked about Hassan Reddick's performance on Monday, the, the five sacks, the franchise record 10 on the season, but overall... They've had a ton of guys get after the quarterback, and they're doing so without Chandler Jones. It's extremely impressive. 
it's it's been fun to to watch those guys um, really take uh, the next step, if you will. Hassan flashed at the end of last year. I don't think any of us um, saw this coming from Gardeck, except maybe the the offensive line who had to go against him on scout team for the last couple of years, and and you know the the passion and and the toughness he plays with in in that regard. But um, Charlie Bullen there, at our outside linebackers coach, has has really rallied those troops and and um, done a great job with that group. And, and they have that that group mentality where um, it's not about who gets there; it's just getting there. And and it's it's been awesome. Couldn't be prouder of Hassan and, and what he's been able to do. And uh, hopefully, we can keep it going. Doing all of that without Chandler Jones. I mean, you saw the names that, that Cliff mentioned there. Hassan Reddick, who, yes, showed flashes at the end of last year. But, I, again, I don't think we anticipated a 10-sack season and a performance like this. And Dennis Gardeck, who, yeah, is is a name to us here in Arizona. But overall, when you look at the Cardinal depth chart, you go, Dennis Gardeck, okay, just a guy. They're doing this without Chandler Jones. Sean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the stat is they have 16 different players with a sack this season. Uh, again, Chandler Jones goes out with an injury – your brain immediately goes to, oh gosh, how are the Arizona Cardinals going to get pressure on quarterbacks? Their quarterbacks are going to be able to carve them up because they're just going to have all the time in the world back there. Not the case. This defense, again, we'll just praise Vance Joseph once again. It feels like what we do on a weekly basis here. They are getting after the quarterback in different ways with different players. It has been extremely impressive. Yeah, 16 different players with sacks. Reddick with uh, with 10 now after his five-sack performance. Gardeck with five. Buddha's got two. Campbell's got two. A handful of guys have two. But 16 players able to get to the quarterback this year for the Arizona Cardinals. That's extremely impressive. That's a tip of the cap to Vance Joseph. You know, and, and as much as we've talked about him being on the hot seat the last year and a half, uh, all of the discussion, all of the discussion now has kind of focused on Cliff Kingsbury and what he's doing as a play caller offensively and off of, of Vance Joseph. And I think it's it's rightfully so. I think he's done a pretty solid job considering the injuries that he's had on this on on this side of the ball. Uh, there's been games, heck, the Rams game is 14 to seven at the half, and your offense had done jack squat like that. That's a tip of the cap to Vance Joseph that you were even in that football game, you know. So. Um, it's very impressive that they've been able to get after the quarterback, especially after losing a Chandler Jones. You know, out of the the fact that the Cardinals are sixth in the NFL, sixth in total sacks, and Chandler Jones on the year before the injury had one. And I believe it came in week one against the San Francisco 49ers. I believe that's the case. Uh, so very impressive that the Arizona Cardinals have been able to get after the quarterback um, at, at the rate that they have. Defensively, overall, there's a lot of things they still need to clean up, as there is with most most teams in the NFL. But Vance Joseph has done a really nice job this year, uh, particularly getting after the quarterback. And now they're tasked with uh, stopping Jalen Hurts, who will start this Sunday for the Philadelphia Eagles. But it's not like they don't know uh, what it's like to see a mobile quarterback on a weekly basis. I think they go up uh, against one in practice every week, Sean. I, I think they're, yeah, they've seen they're familiar a little mm -hmm. bit. They've seen one who's pretty pretty decent. Yeah, so I think I think it'll be interesting to see if uh, Vance Joseph takes anything from the weeks and weeks of, of going up against Kyler Murray and applies that to stopping Jalen Hurts in game two. Listen, Sean, I, th I, I know what you're thinking. Oh, it's a Wednesday show. Did in the lead, did Cardinals. Great, we'll talk about some other stuff. You're not getting away with no Jordan Simone. You're still playing the line is right. We are still going to put you through the meat grinder. You are going to have to show – if last week was a fluke or if you can continue your streak, we will play The Line is Right, and we'll do it next here on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. That's right, Sean. You're not getting away that easy here on a Wednesday. You're still playing the game. I'm in. And because no Jordan Simone, 
Mm-hmm. We got to up the ante for you. So I'm willing a friendly lunch bet between you and I. I'm the house. I make up the rules. You will okay. be the contestant. Yep. And you have to get these games within a point. Okay? Yep. If you guess the game correctly, I give you the game. You give me the gambling line. If you get it within a point, you can go over. But if you're within a point either way, you will get a point. Now, if you guess the wrong team, I'm not giving you a point for that. Okay, Sean? So I'm in. You have to be within a point. And if you get four of seven, I will owe you a lunch once I get back to Arizona. If not, you owe me a lunch. Do you agree to the terms of this week's edition of The Line is Right? I completely agree to the terms, and I think it's a solid solid way to keep the game going despite the fact that the second co-host is not available today. So let's do it. I'm in. Let's play. Some could say, some could say he's scared, ran away from the challenge this week. Some I was, would say that. Well, I didn't want to be, be the one. I didn't want to be, be the one to say no. it. I'm glad you did. I didn't want to be the one to say that. No, I, I. Others have said it. I was I was speaking on behalf of others when I said that. Okay, Sean. Game number one for you here in this uh, different version of the line is right here on a Wednesday. The Jets. Oh my, New York Football Jets. They're on the road. They're taking on the Los Angeles Rams, Sean. Hitting you, hitting you with a good one right out of the gate. Jets See, the, at Rams. The Jets, and so I got to get within a point, right? Is what it is? One point? Yep, within one point. They were four, if I remember correctly, they were 14 point dogs against Seattle last week. I'm going to say it's got to be somewhere around there. Let's go, let's go Rams minus 14 and a half. Rams minus 14 and a half, Sean. Sorry, Sean. What are it? How? What Rams is it? And it's 16 and a half. Oh. 16 and a half. So not right. within that uh, not within that one-point buffer. So that's one right. for, for Schubert, zero for uh, Sean. <laughs> game number two, All right. Jags at the Ravens. We just saw the Ravens play probably the game of the year on Monday night against uh, the Cleveland Browns. The Jags are going with Gardner Minshew the third as, as quarterback. Sean, Jags at Ravens. Ravens minus seven and a half. Ravens minus seven and a half. I should probably Skype in Jordan Simone because it's not going well for you. Ravens minus 13 and a half. I could have oh. given you four points. You wouldn't even have been close. So very good, Sean. Very good. <laughs> oh, for two to start the day here. All right. Game number three. Uh-huh. This one, I think, is going to generate some buzz. Chiefs at the Saints. This is when you're circling on the calendar for this Sunday. Ooh, here we go. Let's go uh, see Saints coming off a loss to Philly. Chiefs looking good, looking to hang on to that first overall spot in the AFC and get the only bye week. Let's go Chiefs. Chiefs minus five and a half. Chiefs minus five and a half. Chiefs minus two and a half. Oh this my. is historically bad. What you the stretch that you're on right now. I'm taking the uh, Chiefs, yeah, Chiefs on that one. Two and a half. Cash and Take my money. Let's this, go. Please. All right, let's go. By the way, I know we haven't addressed this yet. The safety in the Ravens-Browns game stopped you from an 0-2-1 week in oh, Cash with Christmas. Your only win. Uh-huh. So you better mm-hmm. be... Thanking the, the Ravens defense there. Okay. Game number four. The Browns at the Giants. Sunday night football, Sean. Browns at the Giants. At the Giants. I'm good on Monday, even in a loss. If I Giants get this one right, if I get this wrong, football. I gotta run the table. I gotta get four straight or I owe you a lunch. You do. You um do. Browns at the Giants. Browns minus six and a half. Browns minus six and a half. I'm just gonna decide where we're going to lunch, John. <laughs> Brown minus four and a half. That is oh, the that's easiest hot. lunch I think I've ever won in my life. That's garbage. That is the easiest. 
Well, you know what, Sean? I'm going to give you an opportunity here. If I run the table, I, I get I, I win. If you run the table, I will we'll call it a push. Okay. okay. You're not going to win because I have four wins. I'll call it a push. All right. Here we go. Right. Here we go. Here we go. Patriots at the Dolphins. Patriots at the Dolphins. We know how the Patriots and Bill Belichick do against rookie quarterbacks. Tua and the Dolphins in the thick of a playoff race in the AFC. It's in Miami. Dolphins Sean, minus two. Say, Dolphins minus two. And just when he needs it. Ding, 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 ding. He gets it right on the money. Oh, Dolphins look at minus that. two. He, right. he needed it to stay alive, and he gets it. Yes, Dolphins minus two in that football game. Uh, but like I said, Belichick good against rookie quarterback. So maybe maybe some value there in Patriots plus two in that game. The Bears at the Vikings, Sean. The Bears coming off of a win. Uh, the Vikings coming off of a loss. This Divisional is, battle. This could go either way. Bears are at the Vikings. Bears are at the Vikings. Let's oh, go either way. Um, I'm going to say the Bears are the better football team, but it's not much. Let's say Bears minus one and a half. Would you like to guess again? Uh, you know, it's very rare that we do this. Would Bears you like to minus guess two and a half. Sean, would you Vikings like to guess again? Vikings minus one. Sean, would you like to guess again? <laughs> what is it? What is it's it? Vikings minus three and a half. Oh, get out Vikings of here. I'll take the Bears in that all day. This Vikings team can't beat anybody by three. They go to overtime against the Jags. I, I Cashing in with Crespin's already set. I got three games I'm already picking. This is, this is hot garbage. What garbage website are you using right now for your... Let's go. What's the last, <laughs> the last one? Last game on the schedule. The Bills at the Broncos. Oh, jeez. Broncos suck, man. Bills look like they might be the one of the best teams in the league right now. Bills minus nine. Bills minus nine. Bills minus six and a half, Sean. Bills six and a half. Six. Can cash in with Crespin have four games this week? Let's put that down. If you want to, if you want to spread your points out, you can play four jeez. games. Yeah. Bills minus. Really? Um. Unrelated, it's not one of the seven games. I just do want to get your thoughts on it because it is the Thursday night game. Do you know what the line is for your Raiders? I tomorrow? do. I don't. I don't even want to talk about it. I don't. I don't even want to. What do you got? Do what you is want to guess for, what fun? for you want fun? To guess for fun. I'll put the music back on. Hang on. Um, Raiders minus two. It's close. I, I can't give you the credit because you only get a point. Um, but it's it's Raiders minus three and a half. Uh, New defensive coordinator it's, it's, on a it's short the Chargers, week. Dude. It's the chart, but you always go Thursday night. You lean home team, right? So you, you gave them the traditional three at home. You gave them the hook because it's the Chargers. I don't I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. New defensive coordinator on a short week. Can this they play any worse defensively? The Chargers took them down to the final play. It had to go to review the final play did for the Raiders to beat that Chargers team the last time they played. You're going to tell me they're three and a half point favorites over it? No, that's garbage. Cashing with Crespin now is five games. Cashing with Crespin now is five you, you games this week. You, you're going to play your own game on Thursday? That's not yeah, how this works. I'm, I'm going to bet against Sundays. Okay. Well, there you have it. A uh, a very, very successful edition of the line is right for me. I want to lunch four games in. I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even sweat it at all. I wasn't That's even brutal. Concerned. We got to up that. It can't just be one point. I got to get a two-point buffer. I guess okay. I do get a two-point buffer, don't I? One Fine. point on either side. Fine. So, yeah. Fine. We'll go inside baseball here. Mm -hmm. The one-point 
frame was your idea. You said in the pre-show, <laughs> oh, let's play the Rhinos right. Yeah. Uh, give me a one-point buffer. I said, okay, your idea. Yeah, because it seemed like, you know, you, you get a point on either side, so it felt like a two-point buffer, right. which I guess it is, yeah, but well, you, that's rough. Not for you, it wasn't. That's you rough. more than that. All right, that's going to do it for the Wednesday edition of Noble with Chris Cressman and Simone. You can always follow the show on Twitter at Noble underscore podcast. We post all the social clips there. It's Simone Sound Off. Shoeing with Schubert coming out tomorrow. Three more college plays for you on conference championship weekend. Uh, I'm, I'm a little stressed because there's less games here with conference championship week. I'm a little worried about what my picks are going to be, but stay tuned for that tomorrow. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio. You can follow Sean on Twitter at screspin 2 And follow Simone at Jordan Simone 38 Rate, subscribe to the podcast, share the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you listen to your podcast. We appreciate you making us part of your day. We will be back on Wednesday for a Football Friday edition of the show. Take it easy.